the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word. Now I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter wrote this. He wrote two letters. He wrote 1 Peter and he wrote 2 Peter. And if you were here the last couple of weeks, you know that this letter was written to believers, people like you and I, back in the first century, that were being persecuted for their faith. And so this letter was written to people in the first century, but it, it applies to people who are living in this century. We want to look at three things that you need to hold on to today. And the first one, write this down, are the Scriptures or the Bible or God's Word. This book is your life jacket in the midst of the storm. And as a Christian in this world, you need to hold on to have a life jacket, which is the Word of God. Now, we concluded last week by looking at the first few verses of chapter 2, but go back to the end of chapter 1, verse 24, it says that all men are like what? All men are like grass. And all of their glory, those are the things that you take pride in. Those are the things that you have when, you're, when you've accomplished something. All of their glory is like the flowers of the field and the grass withers and the flowers fall, verse 25, but the word of the Lord stands what? forever. But he says something else in this text that we have to understand. If you go to chapter 2, verse 1, he says, therefore, everybody say therefore, Therefore. since the word is eternal, you, he's talking to Christians, you need to rid yourselves. Instead of worrying about how other people are treating you, you need to rid yourself of all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Instead, verse 2, like newborn babies, you need to crave 
pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. And what he's getting at in verse 1 when he says to rid yourselves is this. I want you to write this down. Don't mistreat those who mistreat you. Because what was happening, and it's easy to see this, is that when people mistreat you, when people marginalize you, you start to have malice in your heart towards the person that's mistreating you. You start to marginalize the people that are marginalizing you. You start to slander people that are slandering you. Why, you can see that in race relations in this country, the United States of America. Anytime someone or somebody does or says something wrong towards you, if you're not careful in your heart, your heart will be filled with anger and resentment and malice towards them. And all of a sudden you wake up one day, you've become just as bad as the person that was mistreating you. And what he says is the first thing you need to do, get rid of all the malice and the deceit and the slander in you instead, verse 2, like a newborn baby, crave pure. This book is pure. This book is not twisted to someone's political agenda. This is the pure, unadulterated Word of God. And when you're in the midst of the storm, uh, when things are going bad, you need to crave this book, grow up, write this down. What he's saying is, don't quit your faith but continue to grow in your faith. Be mature. This is not the time to get bitter. This is not the time to be a quitter. This is the time to turn the page and keep maturing and growing in your salvation. In other words, he's saying, don't be a baby. Grow up in your faith, amen? Second thing you have at your disposal, write this down, you have Jesus. I just want to read this, all right? This is all about Jesus. There's a lot in this, but look at verse 4. As you come to him, which is Jesus, the living stone, which was rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to God, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Verse 7. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble. And a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Now, I see a lot of stones here. I want to give you four. Here's the first one. Write this down. Jesus is a living stone. He's a living stone. There in verse 4, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. Not only is he a living stone, he's a cornerstone. In verse 6a, it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, chosen a precious cornerstone. Everybody say cornerstone. Now, cornerstone, here's what would happen. If you're going to build any kind of building, you would go down the quarry. You wouldn't just find a rock. You would find a rock, and then you'd cut the rock. And then it was the first rock that was set. And from that rock, 
the foundation was set, and from those foundations, the walls would be built with the roof, and it all came down, the entire structure was built based upon that first stone, which is the corner stone. This is a reminder that Jesus Christ is the founder or the cornerstone of the church of Jesus Christ. There is no church. There's no such thing as a church without the cornerstone being laid. And everything we do here at Shepherd is built upon Jesus Christ. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. And everything we do, Christ is at the core of all that we do. Now I want to ask you a question. Who is it that's writing this letter? Peter said that Jesus is the living stone and the what? Who said that? Okay, I I want you to stay there, but I want you to go back to Matthew 16. Go back to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 13. Jesus came to a region called Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? What he's asking is, what's the word on the street? Who do people say I am? In verse 14, they replied, Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah. Some people think that you're just one of the prophets. And then Jesus in verse 15, he says, but what about you? He's talking to the disciples. He's talking to Peter. And he says to the disciples, who do you guys think I am? Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now when Jesus hears this, he says in verse 17, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And then verse 18 is a very controversial verse in the Bible. It just is. And Jesus said, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my what? My church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. There's a debate on that verse. When Jesus said, you are Peter and on this rock, the Catholic Church teaches that Peter is the rock and that he is going to be the main stone that the kingdom of God is built upon. The conclusion that they draw, they just draw it, they teach that Peter's the first pope because of this verse right here. And so... Some people think it's not Peter, that the rock was what he confessed when he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, that that's the pillar. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, and upon this rock, that when Jesus said this rock, he wasn't talking about Peter. He was talking about what Peter confessed, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the rock upon which the church will be built. So the question is, which is it? Is it Peter or Jesus? Which one? Well, go back. Go, if you want to know the answer, Peter gives us the answer. He was there in Matthew 16. He go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. He tells you, he says, God laid a stone in Jerusalem that was chosen. It was precious. It is a cornerstone. And in the Greek, that word means the chief cornerstone And the one who trusts in him, Jesus, will never be put to shame. Peter tells us that the church 
is built not upon me. It's not built upon Peter. The church is built and anchored upon Jesus Christ. And if you're going to hold on to anything, you better hold on to Jesus Christ, is what he's saying there. Next we see he's an immovable stone. Immovable. This stone's not going anywhere. Now look at verse 5. He says, you also. Everybody say, you also. Now notice these words. You're the living stones. Verse 4, Jesus is a living stone. But now he says, you all are like living stones. And you are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, I could, there's 10 points in that verse, but I only want to make one. And that is that you guys are all mini-me's. You're Jesus's mini-me's. Jesus is a living stone in verse 4, and you also are like living stones. And Jesus, as he is the founder of the church, he continually adds people like you and me for the last 2,000 years. God has been building the church. Jesus has been building the church for 2,000 years. He's a living stone, a cornerstone. He's an immovable stone. He's not going anywhere. And every single day around the world for the last 2,000 years, people have been coming to Christ, and he keeps building his spiritual house. Now, usually when we build a house, we want all the stones to be the same color. But God likes color. He doesn't like all his stones to be the same color. Typically, it says that every single day in China, there are 32,000 people that give their life to Jesus Christ. Every single day in Africa, 20,000 people are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Every single day in South America, there are over 10,000 people who come to Christ. You think about today in the United States of America from the East Coast to the West Coast, how many people today in churches across this country where the gospel is preached, people are coming, probably 10, 15,000 people today in America will give their lives to Christ. When God builds his church, he brings people from all over the world. They're every shade, they're every color. It's his church. He's the cornerstone. We're little living stones. And for the last 2,000 years, the church is still here. And 2,000 years from now, in spite of persecution, in spite of being vilified, in spite of being marginalized, the church will still be here. Nations will rise and fall. Kingdoms will come and go. It would not surprise me at all in the next 300 years that the United States of America doesn't even, that it, it ceased to exist. It's not even here. But there's one thing that will be here, the church. It will still be alive. It will be, still be triumphant. It will still be well because he is an immovable stone and he continues to build his church in spite of all the persecution in this world. And then he also is a stumbling stone. Write that down. He's a stumbling stone. In verse 7 and 8, now to you who believe this stone is precious. I was going to do another stone. He's the precious stone. How many of you think that Jesus is precious? But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Verse 8, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Now, here's the point. Jesus is not neutral. 
You either trust in him and you're saved and you live victoriously or you reject him. And when you reject Jesus, you will stumble and fall and you are destined to be lost without him. And you don't really get to say, well, maybe maybe I'll get around it. No, he forces you. The cross of Jesus Christ, it forces you to make a decision. You don't really have a choice. Peter was there on the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus told the story about a man who built his house on a rock and another man who built his house on shifting sand. And Jesus tells the story, and Peter was there, that when the storms came and the floods rose and the wind beat against the house, the house that was built upon the rock remained. But the man who built his house on shifting sand, when the winds came and beat against the house and the floods came, the rain fell, that house collapsed. Peter remembers that. And he wants all of us to know that when you, here's Jesus Christ, he, God sent Jesus into the world. And if you're here today and you have believed in him, you get to, no matter what happens in this world, you're okay, you live victoriously, but the man who rejects Jesus, you will trip over that. You will fall eventually. You say, well, I'm not a Christian, everything's going all right in my life. Well, it might be right now. But eventually, if you have rejected Jesus Christ, it will eventually lead to the destruction of your life. That is the destiny of a man who rejects Jesus Christ. There were three crosses on the hill of Golgotha. The man on the middle died for sin. The man on the one side, he died to his sin. He said, he said Lord, I, I'm going to trust in you. And that day, because he trusted in Christ, he was in paradise before that day was over. So one man died for sin. One man died to sin. One man died in his sin. And he spent the rest of eternity in a place called hell. You see, Jesus Christ divides. He's dividing right now. Right now, Jesus divides everyone in this room between those who have received him and those who've rejected him. You can't remain neutral. And today you have a choice to either accept him and live victoriously or to reject him. And you will stumble and fall because you've rejected Jesus Christ. So if you're in the middle of the storm, hold on. Keep obeying the word. Hold on to Jesus. He's the rock. He's the living stone, the cornerstone, the immovable stone. He's also the stumbling stone for those who reject him. Hundreds of thousands of people here today in the world going through trial and tribulation They have rejected God. They have quit the church. And I want you to know when you're going through storms and trials, don't reject Jesus Christ. Don't reject the church of Jesus Christ. You need to run to God and you need to run to the church of Jesus Christ. And number three, number three, you have the word, you have Jesus, you have a royal family. You have a royal family. Amen. As we close, I want to read verse 9 and 10. Look at verse 9. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. Everybody say royal. You are a holy nation. Now think about this. You're by yourself. You're up in northern Turkey. You're being persecuted for your faith. You're living in a city where you're mocked and vilified as a Christian, being marginalized, maybe even persecuted. Maybe you've even gone underground and you think that you're all alone, and you think that you're the only person hurting, 
And Peter says, oh, no, no. You belong to a chosen people, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I want you to write these two things down. Here are the two points as we close. Number one, you're not alone. You are not alone. I don't care what you're going through, what you've been through, you are not alone. And today, you can go anywhere in the world and you'll find a group of Christians that will come around you and pray for you and help you and be with you. Amen? You're not alone. And the second thing he says there is keep declaring his praises. Keep declaring his praises. That no matter what happens to you, no matter how bad you're rejected, no matter how bad you're vilified, no matter how bad you're hated or marginalized, you keep declaring the praises of God. Do you know why God doesn't just take you right up to heaven when you get baptized? I mean, we could, when we baptize you, you come up, we could just hit you over the head with a hammer and you'd go straight to heaven. (laughs) We could. But why don't we? Why don't we do that? Be kind of nice. Because God needs you here. In spite of the fact that you're marginalized, in spite of the fact that you're stereotyped, in spite of the fact that the world tries to shove you to the side, God needs you here. And what does He need you to do? He needs you to declare His praises. So here's a guy right here. He's not a Christian. We'll call him John. Every day John gets up, all he does is hear from the devil that the church is bad, the preacher's bad, you don't need to go to church, the Bible's not real, it's all fairy tales, there is no God, there was no such thing as creation, there's only a thing called evolution, and uh, all those Christians are all a bunch of sissies, and and none of them really earn their right mind, and they're all a bunch of right-wing fanatics, and don't go to church, you're just wasting your time. That's all John hears all day long from the world. That's all he hears. But what... What John needs to hear is John needs to hear the other side of the story. John needs to hear your story. You need to go to John. John, don't listen to the the world. My life. Look at my life. I was broken. I was lost. I was empty on the inside. John, John, look at me. I used to be on the devil's side. My life was broken. It was shattered. I had no hope. I had no dreams. I was addicted to sin. I was lost in my own despair. And one day someone introduced me to the living stone, the cornerstone, the immovable stone called Jesus Christ. And Jesus, his blood, he shed it on the cross for all of my sins. And look at me now, John. I'm a new person. Oh yeah, the world makes fun of me, but hey, they make fun of Jesus. I don't care about that. John, the joy, the peace, the contentment that I have, you can have it. John, you got to make a choice. You see, God needs you to tell John the other side of the story that the world's telling John. You are a part of a great family, and you need to keep declaring the praises of God, how God called you out of darkness. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. We invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. 
As Christians, we are often faced with trials, sorrows, and struggles of many kinds. Jesus never promised we would be free from tribulation once we become believers. However, God does show us through the wisdom of His Word how to overcome and even rejoice in the difficult times we are experiencing. Some of the most essential keys to a joyful Christian walk are found in the small New Testament book written by James, the brother of Jesus. In his book, Keeping a Smile on Your Faith, Pastor Dudley Rutherford takes you through a study of the book of James and shares the spiritual disciplines necessary to help you persevere as a believer, even during the most challenging times in your life. Pastor Dudley's book, Keeping a Smile on Your Faith, can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Call us right now so we can get this powerful resource into your hands. Our toll-free number is 888-818-4777. You will learn the powerful tools to encourage you in your faith, how to extend Jesus' love to others, and walk with Him daily with a smile. Our number again is 888-818-4777. And when you call, ask for your personal copy of Pastor Dudley's book, Keeping a Smile on Your Faith. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.